And now, here's your host of Shaping Success, Wes Tankersley. What is up, everyone? Welcome to Shaping Success. I'm your host, Wes Tankersley. Today, our guest is Megan K. Goldman. She is a founder of Silent Touch Productions, a true entrepreneur, and she's got a whole lot more going on. Megan, welcome to the show. It's feel like we've known each other for quite a while, even though it's only been like a month now. Yes. Can you uh, tell us just a little bit about who you are? Um, well, first, thank you for having me. Oh, no problem. It is um, exciting to be here at TVPBN with you. Um, a little bit about myself. So I am one of four children, was born in Vancouver, Washington, moved to California pretty early on with my mom. Um, grew up doing all the fun things, sports, academics, super interested in everything. Uh, had a great elementary, middle school, high school. Uh, while I was in high school at 16, did a study abroad program in Germany. While I was in Germany, I realized that post high school, I wanted to do something more. I wanted something bigger. Um, something I don't share often with a lot of people, which is a huge part of how my success is shaped. When I returned from Germany and got back to California, there was some interesting dynamics happening within my family. And um, at the age of 18, in my senior year of high school, I came home and my mom was not well and she left. So at the age of 18, I was on my own. And it was at this moment that I decided that it was, it was just about going forward. And for me, there was no turning back. I had my eye set on the prize and that prize was to go to New York and go to university in New York. So before we get, let's, let's talk about, let's kind of rewind a little bit here because like you came home and you're a senior, like this was the end of your junior year, beginning of your senior year and you were on your own, right? Yes, I was completely on my own. Um, she, she had some personal issues Mm -hmm. and I basically came home to an empty house. She had moved out and there was a handwritten note giving me essentially a week to figure it out. And at the age of 18, when in my mind it was go to university, go to New York, finish your senior year of high school, there was no stopping. Yeah. There so was, it was like, it wasn't like something that you just like, a lot of people would just be like, I, I can only imagine how I would have felt at that age. I'd be like, what am I going to do now? But you kind of knew, right? So you kind of just kept pushing forward. And obviously it probably wasn't that easy, but- At the time, Wes, I didn't actually really process what was going on. To me, it was all about staying on my trajectory, staying on my path, finishing high school, getting to college. And a lot of people have said to me that could have gone one of two ways. And in my mind, it was only one way. It was only one way. So you ended up graduating high school on your own, getting great grades, and then where to go from there? So I did apply to the big schools in New York, Barnard, NYU, all of them. 
and I got in. Unfortunately, not only did I not have the support of my mom, I also didn't have the financial support. So on my own, before we had access to everything on the interweb, we had the career center in my high school. I went there, did a lot of research, and found Wagner College on Staten Island, which is one of the five boroughs of New York City, mm-hmm. and flew myself back there, took tests, got an academic scholarship, received financial aid, got a few grants, and at that point told my dad, hey, listen, this is where I want to go to school. This is what I want to do. They were not – mom is out of the picture at this point – Dad wasn't super stoked or supportive on the idea of me going cross country, but he did understand that that's what I wanted. So he did drive me back east to go to school. Um, and we're talking from California to New York. 3,000 miles. This is a big old giant trip. Like I could only imagine. I mean, we made that trip from, I live in Idaho and driving down to Salinas, California is like seven and a half hours. I could only imagine 3,000. It was, I mean, it was, to be honest with you, it was amazing because my dad, he was living in Washington state. I was in California. So when my mom left, that's why I was essentially on my own. And my dad came down from Washington state and I've always had a great relationship with him. And he's always been a very strong supporter of me and my choices. Uh, His apprehension and hesitation around going to New York was the financial aspect of it. And for me, Always, as a child, no matter what it was, if there was a will, there's a way. You're going to make it happen. I was going to make it happen. Yeah, and you talked about that. Like, from a very young age, that was the way it was, right? It wasn't like something that you developed later on. It was always that way. Always that way. If I wanted to be on a specific sport team or join a club or a lot of the times I wanted to play the sports that you know, the boys were only allowed to play. So I was one of the few girls in Little League with my brothers. I always felt like if I wanted to do it, then I could do it. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's something that a lot of people lack is that the fact that people put those barriers up and they can be broken. And that's one of those things. I mean, I remember Little League, we had one of the best players was a girl. Yes. And she was like the best pitcher. And then she ended up being a state champion in softball and all that stuff because that's just, if, if you want to, you can make anything. You happen. can make anything happen. Yeah. Um, getting to New York was amazing. It didn't take my dad long to get on board with understanding that New York was where I was meant to be. It was very much for me, the land of opportunity. When I think too, like with a parent though, here you are, like we're talking about you're he's in Washington, you're in New York. That's like my little girl is all the way over there. And if I need to do anything, I can't just jump on a plane and get there in an hour. Right now I have to, was a three, four hour flight all the way across the country. It's actually, it's actually five hour. Flight. So there you go. Yeah. See, there, I've never been there. So, but yeah, I mean, you have a five hour flight, which could be the difference between being there when you need to be and not. So I'm sure that probably played a lot into that, not getting on board with that. Absolutely. His, you know, not only that, but coming straight out of a situation where my mom chose to leave and I'm on my own, his his fear of what could happen to me once I got out there was was one of his main concerns, one of his main hesitations. And then also, again, the financial aspect, like, how are you going to pay for this? How are we going to do this? And 
I was like, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to make it happen. And you did figure it out. Right? And I did figure it out. So what, how did, talk about kind of like you're going to school and while you're going to school, you're working and you're doing a bunch of stuff that like normal, I don't know. I don't want to say normal kids don't do it because there are a lot of kids that go to college and work, but you always look at those guys and you're like, how do they do it? Because it's so much more work. Like I, I have two degrees and I got them later in life. I could not imagine like I was changing tires and I was going to college and ultimately one gave way and I quit going to college because it just couldn't make it happen. But you were able to work, pay for school and kind of get things going, right? So not only did I work, but I worked in hospitality before I was legally able to. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't 21 yet, but I was working in nightlife in some of the hottest places in New York, making a lot of money, making really genuine connections with the who's who of New York City, um, ballplayers, actors, whatever it was. Um, but for me, that was always in my mind a stepping stone. I knew that these connections, these hospitality organizations were going to work with me at a later place in my life for a greater purpose. And it was when I did graduate from university um, that I took those connections and started my own event production company. Yeah, and it's interesting because we talk a lot about that connection. I mean, really, I met you through someone who I know and and we've created this relationship and, you know, I'm looking forward to what that turns into because I, I just believe that you get what you put out. You know, you're going to put out that negative thoughts or you put out a bad message. People, You're going to attract those people. You put out good message. You put out, you know, that you're willing to help people and do things like that. And that's what I really like is from the moment I talked to you, you always were helping and giving me advice. And I feel like that's the type of people that you end up attracting. So you're saying that that helped you even at a young age, you figured that out and started you into this production company. So talk about that a little bit. What what did you do as far as a production company and how did this kind of catapult you into where you are now? So I've never really subscribed to working for anybody. Yeah. Um, even when I worked in hospitality, at the end of the day, you you're working for yourself. All of those clients that you meet, those personal interactions that's on you. Um, and so your money is based on those connections that you're making and how you're working with them. Um, getting out of school, I traveled quite a bit. I had a place in Miami, made a lot of connections down there, went to Spain, had a lot of connections out there. It was through those various connections, different things in terms of managing a DJ, working in music that I thought, okay, I, I can do this. I can start my own situation. So your degree, though, because you said after you graduated, right, has nothing to do with no. what you're doing, right? <laughs> so what are your degrees? And let's tell, let's tell the audience about that. So <laughs> when you get to... When you get to university, you have to choose something. Right. And I excelled in reading and writing. I love books. I love writing. So I was a literature major with a double minor in political science and journalism. And something that I feel that is important, not to everybody. I don't believe that I don't believe four year university is for everybody. It was for me. It right. was it was something I always wanted. It was four years to better understand myself and grow and appreciate different schools of study. And the aspect of English lit was it's just what I love to do. But 
what was I going to do with English literature, double minor in poli science journalism? Um, I don't know, yeah. but I can talk to you about comparative literature between Nabokov and John Donne. Right. And super stoked to do that. Um, I would just say the, those four years and the discipline around school and being a great student just helped me maintain that discipline, that structure, that organization going into my own business. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the things that people with education don't really understand is that it's not for everyone. Not everyone has to go to school to get an education. Not yeah. everyone has to do that. But the things that I gain from the two degrees that I have, even though I am not using them, is, you know, an ability to communicate better, to write better, to do those things. I mean, obviously, you can't tell with my handwriting, but my typing's not too bad. Yeah. Um, so, but that's, those are things that people don't learn how to communicate. And those are skills that I think are kind of gone by the wayside. So it's, it's good to have that education or find it in some other way if you're not doing it in a formal education to educate yourself through reading right. and things like that. And I think a lot of times, like I've read more books in the last two years than I ever did in college. So getting, getting two degrees without, you know, really cracking a book is, says a lot as well. <laughs> but I would say that, I mean, you and I have talked about this for me because it started early and it started when my mom left and it started before my mom left. I, I was a hustler yeah. and the hustle is real. Mm -hmm. And when I say the word hustle, hustle to me means you are solution focused. You know what you want and you do what it takes to get it done. So I hustled to get to college. I hustled through college. I hustled after college. I started my business. And when I started my business, it was a hustle. Yeah. Um, nobody gives you a book on how to be an entrepreneur or I mean, now there's all kinds of books, seminars, et cetera. You know, 1998, 2000, that, that didn't really exist. You didn't have all that access on the internet. You didn't have all these mastermind courses. Right. So for me, it was a hustle. And part of that hustle was observing, mm -hmm. observing my situations, observing those around me, observing people that I wanted to be like. I saw what they were doing. And to this day, it's it's a hustle. I'm a hustler. Well, and I think that's one of the things we were talking about that on the car right over here. The, the most successful people are observers. They observe what other people do who do what they want to do and yep. how they are successful and what they're doing. And they don't always use everything, but they use parts and pieces and they put it together and then they become successful because they saw that. They sought that out. Um, I mean, your job is really like I, I sell window coverings by the day, but your job is really selling what you do. You're selling your product and you're figuring out how to get other people to do that. Yes. And I, you know, reap that from other people too, watching, listening to how they talk to a customer, how they interact with them, you know, and when you walk in there and you're just robotic and you don't know how to do that correctly, it's like, Hey, buy this from me. Like that doesn't work. You doesn't have to work. find, you have to find something to interact with them and get them to buy your service. So that's why I think observation is a huge thing for anyone who is successful. Part of the observation and the hustle and watching people around me that I saw succeeding, that I saw 
doing the things I wanted to do was the connectivity to other people. So on a job site, you know, I have OSHA certification. I can drive heavy machinery. The thing that was so important to me on a production site was that everyone on that site was part of a team. And even though I was the boss and the leader, I wanted everybody to understand that I can do what they're doing. And if they need help and support, I'm there to do that for them. And I do know that that's what has set me apart from other event producers is that I am extremely hands-on. And that is one of the reasons why I was so successful during when we were able to social gather. And when we were having events, that's what that's what drove me to get to that level. Yeah, and that's just a great, a great leadership trait. I mean, I've worked with many people who can sit there and point and tell you to do something, but don't know how to do it or aren't willing to do it themselves. And those are the people that you respect the least. So I think it also comes with a level of respect that those people get from you when you're willing to get your hands dirty, even when you don't have to, you know, I mean, you could obviously say, Hey, you do this, you do that. And just kind of sit back and do whatever you want. But when you're willing to get in there, they do have that level of respect. And that's part of the hustle too. Cause you know, I mean, you just, you, you want to know it all. If I'm yeah. going to be an event producer, I want to know sound lighting and stage. I want to be able to drive the heavy equipment. I want to, I don't want to tell you what to do. I want to know what you're doing so that I can better explain it to you. Right. You want to have the knowledge of what it takes. I mean, it, it goes with anything that you do, you know, I mean, you need to know how to, I sell the window coverings mm-hmm. and it's funny, there's this disconnect between the installers and the salesman. I can go in there and I can sell anything. But I also need to have a knowledge of how it actually works. And that's one of the things that I do is I'll call them and I'll say, hey, this is what's going on. What do I do? Can I take this down? Can I do this? What can I do to fix it or whatever? And have that knowledge. So when a customer asks me a question, I can answer it. Exactly. I don't look like a dummy. Exactly. So, and you got to earn that trust. I mean, that's all there is to it. So you you have the production company going, right? How, how did that go for you? How, I mean, you're obviously pretty successful. You, were, you had a lot of clients. You, a lot of things were going on before COVID happened. Yeah. How was things going for you? How, what was your most proud event that you did, I guess? So it would be hard to say what was my most proud event. Um, I have a myriad of different types of clients because I do everything from high-end private and corporate fundraisers, galas. I also do festivals, concert tours. Um, it would be hard to say what's my favorite. I love production. Mm-hmm. I love it all. Um, because of COVID and because of everything that happened, my business is just now putting its toe back in there. But for the most part, it it's non-existent. And that's, I think that's a part that is, that's been hard, but also been so incredibly helpful for me to help me better understand what the next aspect of my life looks like. Yeah. And you had to do, you had to do a little reset. What, right. It's been about what, a year now since you've actually been able to have an event, maybe a little bit longer than that. And you kind of discovered some things about yourself through this time. Talk a little bit about that. Okay. So I've always been a, um, a home cook. I love cooking. I'm great at it. Um, I also love all the BS as my older brother calls it. (laughs) And, um, all the BS is essentially it's a form of production, but it's everything around everything, whether it's a cookie party for kids, uh, carving pumpkins, um, 
just making everything I do special. And so through the pandemic and through COVID and not working and having to reset, which by the way, the reset was a blessing for me because at the rate in which I was operating, I was probably going to burn out because I was moving really fast and working insane hours. And the reset aspect of it has been, it's been a game changer. And the home cook aspect of it, um, through this, I did a course with a man by the name of Gordon McGregor. And I did The Artist Way, which is a book written by Julia Cameron. It's a 25 years book that artists of all mediums, actors, painters, etc., they use this book to tap into their creativity. And having all these skills, the home cook, all the BS, doing all these things that I love to do, um, I decided that through this course, this next aspect of my career, I want to be a personality. And first, it's really hard to say those things out loud (laughs) because um, when you, it means a lot to be a personality, to want to have a TV show, to be a TV host. But if you're going to say it and you're going to declare it, own it. Exactly. Own it. And so now I'm very comfortable saying that I am going to have a live cooking show. Yep. Um, And in the cooking show, I'm going to pepper in the BS. I'm also going to pepper in things that I've learned through this pandemic on a financial aspect, um, affordable luxury. And I'm really excited and comfortable (laughs) saying that I'm going to have a TV show. And that's so the cool thing about that is it's actually going to be on this network. Yes. So we're really excited to have you here. Super excited to be here. You're actually here in Idaho. You're in California normally, but you're here in Idaho to do a little cookout tomorrow at my house. Yes, we are. I'm just I'm super happy to be part of the TV PBN family. Super excited to be working with you. And tomorrow we will be doing a summer grill special. As we know, um, you know, the last year has been difficult for people in terms of reconnecting, family gatherings, et cetera. And now with the vaccination rollout and people being more comfortable getting together again, it's a bit daunting. So I really want to help folks at home get comfortable with hosting. And the summer season is upon us. You're a grill master. Oh yeah. (laughs) And so we're going to do, we're going to do a really fun episode around grilling summertime, summer cocktails. It's going to be good. It's going to be fun. I'm excited to, to, to dive into it. And I think that we're going to have a really good time. I'm excited for, to see what it looks like. And this will be this is the only this is only the second in studio interview that I've done and we're going to actually do a a production at my house where the guys in the crew are going to come out and they're just going to put it on and we're going to we're going to make it happen so I'm excited to I am that. I am super excited. I think this is going to be I think this is going to be a really good time. So what's your show called? My show it is the Megan K show and the premise of Megan K show is I'm your host Megan K and I am going to bring you simplicity and sustainability to your kitchen and on your table because 
the simplicity aspect of it is you see a recipe, it's over 10 ingredients, not comfortable. So I really want to help home cooks, moms, single dads, whatever it is. I want to help folks at home understand that with a few ingredients, you can make great dishes and the simplicity of it is great. And with that simplicity comes sustainability. Yeah. Well, and I think it's going to be interesting to see because there's a lot like you're coming to come prep at my house tonight. I'm excited to see how this goes because there's just there's so many different things that people miss out on and they always think that it's a big production. I I was thinking about how last weekend when I was barbecuing ribs, like how hard is it really? Like anyone could do it. They just don't know how. Right. So it's exciting to see that, you know, this is the process. This is what it's going to take to make a few items and it's really simple, but you always think that it's daunting, a daunting yeah, task. And it it's, is. It's not. I mean, we're also we're also going to throw just some steaks on the grill because you know, a lot of people, they put a steak on the grill and they massacre it. Yeah. And it, it, it's just a couple tricks, a couple things you need to know to grill a good steak. Yep. It's it's in. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like it's super easy, but some people are scared to do it. So it's yeah. awesome that you're going to show them how to do that. And I love that I'm here at TVPBN doing an in-studio interview. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's fun. This is one of the best. Is It's nice to be able to like look at someone's face and talk yeah. to them versus being, you know, staring at the screen and you're over there and I'm over here. But we can't always do that. No. So it's awesome that you were able to come up here and do that. So if anyone wants to follow you on social media because you've claimed this name. Yes. What it, where is that? Where's the best place to find you? I am at Megan K. Goldman. Because I am Megan K. Goldman. And she's also going to be on the TV PBN network. If you go to the station when the shows start going live, they will be popping up there as well. Very excited about this. All right. Well, we're to the towards the end of the show here. Okay. And we always ask one question mm-hmm. to every single guest. The show is called Shaping Success. And so it's it's the question, right? It's the million dollar question. And that question is, is as it is different for every single person, how would you shape your success? What is the shape of your success? The shape of my success, I am going to continue to grow Megan K. Goldman. I'm going to take the Megan K. Show and it is, it's going to be a home name and it is going to most importantly help people. I'm going to help people bring the joy into their lives, into their homes. And I'm going to continue to show folks that it is simplicity and sustainability. Yeah. Well, you have a great story. I appreciate you taking the time to be on here. And I'm excited to see the growth of this whole thing. Me too. Thanks for being here. Thanks Thanks for taking the time. Thank you. Thank you, TVPBN. All right, everyone. Well, that is the end of the show. Until next time, I challenge you to find the shape of your success. How do you think?